Do you realize that a lot of us don't know how to live life? Or, or the knowledge that we have of how to live life comes from the world? Well, I'll tell you what, if the knowledge to live life is only coming from the world, we're going to make a lot of big mistakes, okay? Because the world doesn't have this all figured out, but the Bible definitely does. So I want you to take your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to jump into Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to look at one verse there to kind of set the stage of what even drew my heart to do this, or where, where we start with this. And um, I, I guess I think a lot of us, we just get our lives in a mess. We do. We, we, we think, man, well, how do I make this mess? And I think Proverbs says, hey, there's two ways to live. And, and that's what it's going to say. There's, and what we're going to point out through this, there's the way of the fool, and then there was the way of the wise. And let me tell you, even as Christians, every single day, we either respond like the fool or we respond like the wise. That's, that's our choice in life. And it doesn't matter how, how much you've grown up around it or you've been in church since you were a kid and you've heard all the stories. And Proverbs opens up, and I wish we had more time to do this, and it'd be, be a great Bible study that we could get into maybe on a Wednesday night or something, but talking about how to get wisdom. Man, you, you need to get it. You need to go after it. You need to get it in your life. You need to stop acting like a fool. And sometimes you say, well, I don't act like a fool. Let me ask you, whose standard are you basing that off of? You know what I'm saying? Well, compared to everybody else. But God says, well, why don't you compare yourself to the Word of God? Because this is what sets the standard. So sometimes we act like a fool and we don't realize it because we're not going by the standard that God's given us. So sometimes we, we, we jump into arguments and we stick our foot in our mouth. Have any of you guys ever stuck your foot in your mouth? Raise your hand. Be honest in church, okay? You stuck your foot in your mouth. How many of you have done it already today, okay? Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, not good. I mean, I'm not condoning that or like, well, you know, way to go. But we do that. I, I, I want to start this sermon series off on our words. Proverbs says a lot about our words, but you're going to hear the words, or, or it's spoken more about your lips, your tongue, uh, your understanding, the things that come out of your heart, all these different things. And I, I want to get into this book of poetry explaining how to do that, of what's, what's right and what's wrong. You don't have to turn there. I, I know you're in Proverbs 18, and I'm going to give you a lot of Proverbs but Proverbs 14, 16 explains the wise man that feareth and departeth of evil. But the fool, the fool. If you read through Proverbs, you're going to get that a lot. He just says, all right. And, and I, I wish I would have done this. Just draw a line on the stage and then just sit there and say, all right, how are you acting? Hey, men, let, let me break it down. How are you acting? Because you're either on this side or this side. Maybe if we went through here this morning and we kind of did a testimony, we'd find out, yeah, a lot of us this week, we, we acted more like the fool than we did the wise. We, we've done a lot of wrong. We've, we're constantly apologizing. We're constantly sticking our foot in our mouth or trying to dig out of a hole that, that we've got into by saying the wrong thing. The Bible talks about the words. I told you Proverbs 18. Flip back three chapters, Proverbs 15. We're going to go back and forth. Listen to this. A soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. But the mouth of the fools poureth out foolishness. Let's pray. Lord, as we get into this, I ask you, Lord, to convict our hearts. Because the words that we say from our lips every day matter. They make a difference. 
Lord, we can change the world with our lips. We can destroy lives with our lips. We have a choice. The choice how we're going to talk to our kids. We have a choice of how we respond to people at work. We have a choice of how we act in our cars. We're driving. We have a choice. Well, Lord, help our choices to be governed by you. Lord, help our standard of what is a fool or not be the standard of what you've said in your word. We pray this in your name. Amen. Dealing with life or dealing with the words that we say. And every day when we talk to our kids or we talk in front of our kids, when we speak in anger or we speak in pride or arrogance, whatever it is, we've got to stop. So I'm I'm just going to kind of throw things out. I don't want you raising your hands as I do this, but how many of you in your mind would say even this week are guilty of some of these things? Bragging or boasting? Lying? Slander? Gossip? Verbal abuse to others? Cursing? Making off-color remarks? Talking behind other people's backs? Passing on rumors? Shading the truth? Arguing? Yelling? Do you struggle with the things that you say? You say, why is this important? Well, let me lay the stage. Jesus was with the disciples and he was trying to say, hey, you know why your words are so important? You know why it's so important of what you say to your friends or you say to the world or you say in an argument? You know why that's so important? When he was confronting the Pharisees about this issue, he said in Matthew 12, 34, he said, oh, generation of vipers. Now, I'm going to show you through this about preaching the truth and preaching the truth in love and how God's not saying that we're not to speak out or speak up, but it's how we speak up and it's how we speak out that matters. Look at how direct Jesus is. He confronts the Pharisees. He says, hey, you bunch of vipers. How can ye being evil speak good things? Now, listen to this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. <clears throat> Luke 6, 45. O good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You realize that, and just put it this way, and you say, man, I'm cursing all the time, or I'm mad all the time, or I'm irritated, or I'm negative. I slander, I rip people's faces off. And you know that terminology, I just, I just let them have it. You know what the Bible says? That God says, you know what, I know your heart. And you say, you don't know my heart. God says, I know your heart. Because whatever you fill your heart up, it, it, this is the window. Your mouth is a window to your heart. Your tongue is a reflection of your heart. So you have somebody that's all they can do is gripe and complain, then they, it's what's in their heart. If all they can do is run their spouse down, that's in their heart. If all they can do is talk about politics, that's what they filled their heart with. You, you say, it doesn't matter what I put in my heart. That's why the Bible says you better guard your heart. Because out of your heart comes the issues of life. No, I'm not, I'm not getting in on this, but I'll tell you, it's important to understand even the music that we put. And I, I love the fact, this is our, our teen section this morning. All these teens, these three rows right here, this is our group going to camp. We have 45 teens going to camp. We're going to pray with them at the end of the service. Let me tell you guys something straight from my heart to your heart. Let me tell you how this is. What you put in your ears is what you fill your heart up with. You sit there and say music doesn't matter when music does nothing but curse and profanity and run down women and run down government and run down authority and it runs down all these different things. The Bible just got, not me, Jesus said this. 
Whatever you fill your heart up is what's going to come out. You watch shows and things like that. All they do is rip on their parents and rip on authority. What do you think is going to come out? If you filled a cup up and I poured it out, whatever's going to come out of that cup is what I put into it. So all of a sudden we're sitting there going, I don't know why my husband's so negative or I don't know why I'm negative about everything. I'd have to question, what are you filling your heart with? The Bible made a very clear principle about what is in your heart will come out of your lips. It's just not a random thought. Proverbs is laying it out. Jesus is laying it out. The Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. You know what he wants to be in there? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, God ties them together. Your heart, that's why it's so important. I, I, I thank God that you're here today and you say, well, I don't have to go to church to hear the word. You don't. But God said, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because I'll tell you, as much as you do and I do need to be hearing what God is saying today. And we have got to work out our hearts if we're ever going to control what we're saying. Because we're ambassadors of Christ constantly. I I, want to break down the words going through Proverbs. I want you to get this. I want you to understand what we learn from Proverbs about the words that come out of our lips. Number one, words are powerful. Words are powerful. You have ever heard the old saying, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That is a lie. There are young people today that struggle with depression over what words are said to them in the hallway at school. There are young people today that would rather take their life than go to school after what they've been slandered about on social media. Women that are miserable in their marriages or kids that are hating their homes because of the words that people say. It does matter. I told you guys to turn in Proverbs 18, 21. I want you to mark this. Some of these you need to mark in your Bible and understand. When you sit there and say, yeah, sometimes I just spot at the mouth and I don't know what I'm saying. God says, "Let me. can I warn you about what you're saying right now? Can I warn you about how important your words are, about your tongue is a sword? You can either fight off evil or you can rip somebody apart with your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't think God could make it any more clear when he says, let me tell you, there's power in your words. Your tongue can be like a sword. Your tongue can rip a church apart. Your tongue can ruin the reputation of somebody else. Your tongue can make somebody have a great day as they get into their car and go to work and you say, I love you and I'm praying for you, or you disgust me, I can't stand you. Your tongue, your lips, your words. Never underestimate the power of words. A wacko named Jim Jones, cult leader, talked 900 people into taking their lives and drinking poison. His words. It was Hitler that manipulated a nation and led them to destroy and murder countless lives of Jews with an idea. 
He realized thousands of people will go to hell from America because of the fact that they listen to a preacher that will not speak the truth about heaven or hell or sin or consequences. And say, so, well, that's disgusting and it drives me nuts. You realize every single day we have the same responsibility. Every single day of our lives, we choose what's going to come out of our lips. You think of Peter that used his words to deny Christ three times. And the same time, Peter that got his life right used his words to see thousands of people come to know Christ in Acts chapter 2. Let's break it down like this. And I want to make this very clear. It matters what you say. We're talking about the power of words. It matters what you say. Look at Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2 now. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of a fool poureth out foolishness. Those that say this, and some of you guys are like this, and maybe you can call it, you just say you're, that attitude of, I just say how I feel. Well, according to this verse, you're a fool. I'm, I'm not trying to be critical or whatever. When you, when you walk out of there and say, I just went up to that manager and I gave him a piece of my mind. I ripped his face in front of everybody. The Bible just described you as a fool. A fool. Everyone in there, nobody looked up and said, wow, that man must be a man of God. Right. Nobody jumps up from there and says, sir, where do you go to church? I'd love to be just like you. Never. Nobody loses their temper and and screams at their kids in the front yard. And all of a sudden, the neighbors neighbors go by and say, man, that church sure does do him good. Never. Never. You say, why does it matter? The Bible is very talking about the words that come out of our mouth is either going to be wise or foolish. See, the mouth of the fools poureth out foolishness. They love controversy. They love to place doubt in people's minds. They love to irritate. They love to cause fights. They love to just drop enough to stir up anger. The fool loves to prove who is right or wrong. And I'll tell you, sometimes your words don't even have to come out of your mouth. I'm not trying to be crude, but sometimes it comes out of your middle finger as you're driving. Comes as you roll your eyebrows or your eyes at your, raise your eyebrows at your parents when they're trying to yell at you or get on to you or correct you. Can come the way that we type something out on the computer. It's our words. So I can't believe you're getting into that. I'll tell you what we're saying right now is destroying other people because they look at us and they don't see Jesus whatsoever. See, go to what it says at the first part of this. It's talking about the the casualties that we leave behind. But the Bible says the tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. At at our house, we have uh, a refrigerator, probably like most of you guys do, that has the water in the door. And inside there, every once in a while, that light will start blinking on the front of our refrigerator, telling us that it's time to change the filter. And you go inside, and that filter is right in the middle of our refrigerator. Well, that filter, everything that comes from the world, everything that comes from the water, the pipeline, goes up through that pipe, and it goes through that filter. And you know what that filter does? It eliminates and it pulls out all the crud that could get into my life or affect others. And before I had take anything, it comes out and it's been filtered. It's gone through that. And I trust what comes out of that faucet because I know that it's been ran through the filter. Now, now notice this verse before you think that I just went off track. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright. You know what it's saying? 
The Bible says that you use your knowledge to make sure what comes out of your mouth is right. Here's your filter. Here's your filter. You, you come back and say, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying that. Or I don't, I, I don't have any words or, or, or arguments about that, this or that. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, is your filter. You, you think about when it said all Scripture is given to us by inspiration of God. And listen to this. And is profitable. What comes out of this is going to be profitable. It's going to help you. It's going to help others. So all of a sudden, when I realize between my heart that I filled everything up and I put the Spirit of God and I put the Word of God there and I make sure that everything that comes up through here is filtered through the Word of God, I know that it's going to be profitable for what? For doctrine, teaching others, for reproof, words that bring conviction. It's going to be profitable for correction, words that make things right, for instruction in righteousness, Things that keep people on the right track. So let me ask you guys. When you stuck your foot in your mouth, did any of that come out during that time? When you get mad at the neighbor, you kick the dog, or you scream at your wife, is any of this? The Bible says, the tongue of the wise uses it all right. The word all right means to make well or to be accepted. The wise man uses knowledge to make sure that his words come out to make a difference. Because can I tell you that that's why we're here is to make a difference. And every single day of our life through every word that we say, we are sowing good or bad. We are pointing people to Christ or we're pointing and screaming out that I am a fool. Ephesians 4.29 is probably the most popular verse talking about the power of our words. Said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is the use uh, is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Said, let no corrupt communication come out of your lips, none, but that which is good. You know, and describes good. It says to the use of edifying. Edifying means that it builds up. Let me guys ask you guys, and, and I know we're all guilty of this. I'm not going to get up because I know everybody's going to walk out of here pointing fingers at everybody else. I know how it goes with this. I, I, my, my kids get me every time I preach a message. They sit there and say, Dad, didn't you just preach on that today? I know. I'm human. I fall. I, I, I don't study a, a passage, and all of a sudden I have it all worked out. But let me ask you guys, how is screaming out the window that a guy is a moron that cut you off edifying anybody? I'm just being honest. And I, I, I think about this, and I, I think, well, is he a moron? Probably. I just, I'm not judging, but you guys see how people are. And, and I think that corrupt communication of name-calling or slandering somebody else that proceeds out of my mouth is not building them up. So therefore, I don't care if I feel like I'm in the right or he made me mad or whatever. God says the final authority in our life, it is not right not right and you step back and say why because it's not ministering grace to the hearer do you know what grace is receiving something that you did not deserve do you know what salvation is it's you receiving something that you did not deserve and God says you know what I want your mouth to be an illustration of God's grace and salvation every single day every single day of your life 
When you have the opportunity to rip somebody's face off because they deserve it or they cut me off or they did me wrong or they took my parking spot or whatever and I'm going to tell them and put them straight. God say, you did not get what you deserved through your lips. Why don't you give them what they don't deserve? Because it turns heads and says, why? Why? I just did you wrong. I cut you off in traffic. And maybe... Maybe that person just pulled out of the hospital where they had their spouse told them that, that they only have 30 days to live. Or, or maybe they, they're, they're running out of their medication and they're not in their... Or, or, there's so many other things that could happen. And God said, show them grace through your words because your words have power to point people to Christ or point to yourself as a fool. It doesn't say, just say what we should speak. The Bible in the same passage was talking about how we should speak. It said that in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 2 or 1, it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath. So let's just lay that. Let's think logically about this. An answer is response. It's responding. You realize that every single day, and I know this is the technical world and this doesn't apply to everybody, but I think it needs to be said. What this is talking about right here, you better be careful how you reply to a text. You better be careful how do you reply to a Facebook post or a tweet. Because number one, once it's out there, it's going to run like the wind and you can't get it back. Number two, the Bible says that Christians give a soft answer. Do you know what the word soft answer there? It means a gentle answer. That goes against our pride. It goes against my flesh. It goes against my arrogance. It goes against everything because I'll tell you what, here, here, here's the problem. I, can I pick on you? Go ahead, stand up. If we were in a fight, if we came up, if I went up to you and I, and I did this, what do most people do? You go ahead, push me. <laughs> you push me? You want to fight? You say, do you realize that that's what we do with our words? All of a sudden, it did not have to be a big deal. It did not have to be a fight. But you know who loves discord? Do you know who loves getting people upset? And do you know who loves getting churches upset? It's Satan. He loves it when that happens. And all of a sudden, in our mind and in my flesh, when I see somebody say something and say, I know what that was. That was direct attack to me. Well, aren't you perfect? Or are, are you Miss Little Miss Holy? And everything else that we shoot back at and say to people. And all of a sudden, a war breaks out. And the only one getting the glory is Satan. And God says, all right, it's not just what you say. It's how you say it. He said, I want a soft answer. Do you know why a soft answer? It turns away war turns away wrath, turns away division, turns away an argument that can last for three and four days, turns away somebody walking out of the church that needs to be there, turns away an argument at the family that could turn into a war for three, four years. A soft answer, a gentle answer. It's what God said, but grievous words, words deliberately said to cause pain and suffering. Pastor Dave, do you remember... I'm not going into, okay. Are you crying? I didn't mean to bring this up. I, I remember one time uh, we were home for Christmas and uh, we were playing a game together. 
and he had no idea how to play the game, and he kept ruining the rules and making them up as he went to make it in favor of him winning. And it made me mad. And I, I, I may have called you names like idiot and said you're a horrible youth pastor because we were both youth. I said a lot of words. Don't judge me. I was mad. Now, you, you realize that what this is saying, there are other ways to speak the truth. And you say, are you telling me that I can't speak the truth? No, the Bible says very clearly in, in, in Proverbs that we're to speak the truth. It's, it's not an option for us. It's, it, 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 let, let me read this. Proverbs 8, 7. For my mouth shall speak truth. <laughs> there it is. My, my mouth shall speak truth. It's not a matter of me going up to my relatives and saying, hey, you offended me or something's wrong. It's not wrong for me to go up to the manager and, and say my order's wrong or, or I, 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 whatever it is. It's not wrong to speak truth. But the Bible says that God has the control over our lips of how we speak the truth. Bible says how it's in Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love. The only way that I could illustrate this, and I'm telling you, it's it, this, everything that I'm saying right now goes against our nature. It goes against our spirit. It goes against our flesh. But only Jesus could have cried out from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You can speak the truth without adding slander. You can go to your kids or go to your wife and say, that upset me or that bothered me without saying, you are an idiot and I can't stand you. You can speak the truth and love. The Bible also said we're to show grace. Listen, Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Grace, once again, that you may give grace to the hearers as giving out what they don't deserve. And once again, our spirit, our flesh, everything about us that's been bought with the price is therefore to glorify God, what belongs to God that he paid for, the price of his blood. And everything that I say should point to Christ, including our lips. You say, man, this is, I'd rather hear a message about how God is wonderful and blessings are coming your way. And I mean, I love those too, but let, I'm going to prove to you blessings do come your way when we do this. Amen. And I feel like, especially in the day and age, that we can hide behind a screen. You guys listen? We can hide behind a screen and say things that we would never say face to face. And it starts feelings and emotions and arguments and division. And you won't even talk to somebody on the other side of the church solely because of what you think they meant by it. Words are powerful. Number two, words are never private. I get into this verse and I thought, man, that's a random verse. I just, that doesn't even fit here. So let's start over. Let's, Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turneth away wrath, and, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge. It's our filter. But the mouth of fools poureth out whatever they feel. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God just stops and says, hey, by, by the way, can I, can I interject something in there? I know your heart. As much as I am there when you worship and you sing how great thou art and it is well with my soul, God says I'm also there. 
when you slam the door and walk out of the house and words that come out of your mouth are not edifying, God says your spouse or your kids or your neighbor might not have been there, but God says, I was. You say, why is that important? I, I, I'm going to go back to a verse when I was talking about Ephesians. and I don't know if the guys can pull it up. He said, let... Let all bitterness and wrath, and this was after he said, talk about what comes out of our lips. He said, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Right below that verse, right before that verse, all of that said, you know what God said? I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you something. You say, we need a ri- revival back in the church, and we need revival back in the home. Have you ever thought revival could come back through what we say and how we say it? Because he says in that verse right before that, and he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. You know what the word grieve means? It means to distress or sadden or make heavy. God was saying literally what you say and how you say it and the words that come out of your mouth literally hinder the working of the Spirit of God regardless if you say it out loud or you say it in your heart. God said, they might not have heard it, but you grieve me. You grieve me in your actions of why you made that post. You grieve me in my heart of why you said that or how you said that. You can turn around and say, I didn't mean it that way. And God says, I know what you meant. I see your heart. God says in the middle of this four verses about the words that we say, he said, by the way, I see the evil and the good. I see what's on behind closed doors. I see what you mumble under your breath. I see that you cuss your parents even though they don't know that you said it. All of your words are accountable to God. None of them get by. Words are powerful and words are never private. But let me close with this. Words are permanent. I've had counseling with people that have said things like this. I wish my spouse could just learn to forgive and forget. You can find in scripture very clearly that word to forgive. But let me just make an open statement right now. Forgetting is not an option. It's not an option. There's no reset button in our minds. There's no way just to reach in there and say, I'm just going to take that out. There's no delete in our hearts. I wish there was, but there's not. And and sometimes through the grace of God, God just allows to get past those things. But it's amazing how in the middle of this, we don't realize the lasting impact that we're having on somebody's life through something that they say. Verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a, is, is a breach in the spirits. The word wholesome has the same meaning of medicine or a cure. And it gives this illustration as, as, as a tree of life or something that grows and gives strength. And the Bible in the middle of that says, you realize that every single day of your life, you are pouring something into everyone. Your kids are hearing every word you say. You are teaching them. You are teaching them about marriage. You're teaching them about love. You're teaching them how to treat other people. Every day you're pouring into them one way or the other. Every day, Dad, you're either pouring into your life truth or poison. 
You are either in that second part of that verse, but perverseness therein is a, is a breach in the spirit. It literally means crushes the spirit. When I was a kid, I, I, I got sick one day at school. And those are always sometimes cool days because you get out of school, the mom picks you up and then maybe brings you Dairy Queen or something like that. But it's if she believes you or not. But she did come to get me that day. I remember this time alone in the car with my mom. And I don't know why or where this thought came from or whatever. And my mom just looks over at me. So we're driving back from school and we had like a 25, 30 minute drive. And she looks over at me and she says, Tony, God has a special plan for your life. Why don't you say, well, that's just something that moms would say, not, not in this situation. I, I can tell you from my heart, something was, it, it hit me. I remember right now where I was as if I'm looking out the window of the car. I remember being in the seat of the car. I remember looking over at my mom. I remember it bouncing around in my head. I remember every bit of that. Tony, God has a special plan. I don't know what it is, but I know that God has a special plan for your life. Do you realize that that was over 30 years ago and I remember it like yesterday? And I think right there, something just set a course for me. Like, hey, God has a plan for my life. And you say how silly that is. Hey, Sunday school teachers, you sit there and say they're, they're not listening. Or you're, you're talking and yelling at your spouse in the house and you say my kids are not listening. Every day of your life, you're planting in them something that will stick. Because words last. They're permanent. They make a difference. You can't just get them back. As much as we wish. And it, it says this in Proverbs 18.21, the verse that we started with. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You said, okay, we get that words are powerful. They, they destroy or they build. They, they edify or they slain or they do all these different things. And I have a choice with that. Listen to this. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The fruit is that which grows from something. And we, we talk about you, you reaping what you sow. That's what this verse is talking about. You're going to reap what you sow. God is saying, whatever you plant with your lips... You're going to eat it later. It's going to come back to you. It doesn't just go away. Whatever you do, it's going to make a difference. You reap what you sow. We represent God in all things. Let me tell you this as we close. I am forever changed by the words of God. Forever changed. Knowing that he loved me enough to give his life for me and he died on the cross for me. Knowing that there is, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound, you, you realize that all of those things gave grace to me as a person that did not deserve any of that. And God said, you know, as much as you praise me for it and you love me for it, and you, you, you go to church and you fellowship with all this, God said, all I want is for that to be a reflection through your heart and lips to the world. It's what we do. Meaning that tomorrow morning when we show up to go to teen camp or you show up to go to work or whatever you're doing, tomorrow morning you have to understand that you are representing God with every word you say. And that guy that you work with one day could be standing in heaven and say, one day you said to me something that I'll never forget. 
for one day will stand before the judgment and they'll turn around and say, you know what, I never wanted anything doing with Christianity when I saw the phoniness of somebody. 